We look forward to Rocking the Boat, the month of May's narrator's theme. We'll see you May 8th in San Diego at Tiger Tiger Tavern and May 16th in Denver at Bunport Theater. Next storyteller. All right, next storyteller. It's next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Welcome to the Narrator's Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrator's, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. This story was told by Butch Rosser at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego on April 10th, 2018. The theme was clubs. Uh, If you guys have 500 seconds to spare, I'd like to tell you a story from my life. They were the final hours I would be 34, and they couldn't come fast enough. Now, when I had first planned this particular birthday eve night, some nine months previous, it was going to be a Rick Jamesian celebration. Had it all planned out. I was going to fly to SFO, have some time with my then-girlfriend. I would head into the city to have a happy hour with some friends, and then I would hit a club that was two stories high and what ended up being two buildings wide and I would spin for a few hundred people on a Saturday night. To quote Etta James, life was like a song. As year 34 continued, however, it became less like at last and more like Johnny Paycheck's demeanor's jukebox in town. The week before I was going to surprise the girlfriend with a visit to the Bay Area, she broke up with me over the phone. The week after that, like a very mature adult, I responded with a mix that started with Time Won't Let Me Go by the Bravery and ended with Don Henley's The Boys of Summer. The only thing that was missing off of that was the title, I'm not fucking crying, you're fucking crying. Could have had a side Ben and a side Jerry, it would have been great as a double EP. That said, there was nothing sweet about losing six months and a day's trying not to sink back into the furthest delts of my depression. I didn't get suicidal again, but my listlessness was palpable, and as one year gave way to the next, it wasn't like I was even fully living. I was just barely surviving, and I barely had the heart to do that. I went to Lindbergh the day of the party, and thanks to the Bay Area's notorious FOG, my flight wouldn't let me go. And it got delayed, and then it got delayed again, and then it got delayed again. So as a result, when I finally got to SFO, my pickup from the airport had miraculously vanished. It was so late at that point, I went into town for the arranged happy hour, and it ended up having an attendance of one. Disconsolate, I left quickly and angrily after a couple of beers right out into had turned into a sudden rainstorm. I shoved my headphones over my ears and pulled up my hoodie and I let my iPod on random set the soundtrack and I started walking to the gig. It was about a mile or so away, so it, would only, it wouldn't take me that long to get there. Now, Johnny Paycheck had a mean jukebox, but according to every song of theirs that made me love him, Stephen P. Morrissey had an even meaner life. So it came to pass that I heard the signature opening of one of the siren songs I've never been able to resist, no matter what my emotional state is. And had it been in line with the past few months, it would have been that joke isn't funny anymore. But since I was about to start really living out a cliche, it was how soon is now. <laughs> I wasn't the sun in the air of a shyness that is criminally vulgar. What I was was a sad, lonely man walking down streets that weren't his own. 
My mood wouldn't allow me the guffaws that time and distance have given to me now, but some voice in my head decided to try and make that work for the evening. Make a bargain with me and divert that anger and take it to the decks and really have an awesome show. It was like the mood Billy Corgan had when he wrote today. Things are so epically horrible right now that if you decide to stick it out, they can't get any worse. And for me, my equivalent of driving an ice cream truck through the countryside with friends was working the all mashup night at the DNA Lounge in San Francisco. It was why I had set up that night months ago in the first place. I love the fact the owners were so hands-on, and even when they had dozens of things to do on that night, including performing in their own live band, they greeted me at the door, they gave me a very nice amount of money, and the sound system there ran so smoothly it looked like Usain Bolt's limbers. I went there specifically to find that feeling, not knowing how low I would be when I entered the building. And I think for the one time in my life when I walked in there, I left Butch Rosser at the door and DJ Brother Darkness walked in the place. My friend and my future roommate met me at the venue since seven to nine hours straight seemed quite frankly to be like too much damn work on my birthday. He won the coin flip, he opted to start, and I suddenly had a few hundred dollars and a few drink tickets and some time to kill. So I walked to the building's extension, where the bottom floor is an eatery, but I was more interested in the upstairs rooms where you could find small rooms where other DJs were performing. I saw a bartender, walk up to the bartender. Turns out he is a recent emigre from San Diego, so already I have an instant talking point with him. And I see him make a drink that seems familiar to me, but I can't quite point it out. And I realize I had that drink a couple years previous to this night at a Kentucky Derby party. He's making mint juleps in-house with the freshest stuff. I had something at that Kentucky Derby party. I couldn't remember if I liked mint juleps. <laughs> so after I ordered a mint julep, which I still couldn't pay for even with a drink ticket somehow, I realized two things. I like mint juleps. Mint juleps are very, very good. Everything after this is pieced together from a series of pictures and secondhand recollections that my friends told me, because what happened two hours later was a drunk who had had seven mint juleps and five shots of Jameson proceeded to have the best set of his life. Okay, that, hold up, hold up. No, no, uh, best set of his life. Um, here's what I found out the day after. I had been writing about mashups for about the decade previous. What I was doing spinning from 11 to 1 that night in San Francisco was 7 to 9 in the morning in Germany. So one of my friends and a fellow DJ who had also worked at, as a nice little birthday present, decided to send along the set I played. I couldn't remember any of the specific songs at all until I'd actually heard that recording the day after. I mean, I was trying to drink away the pain of 34 into a happy, glorious 35 that I started out with the troll move of starting with a Carly Rae Jespin Nine Inch Nails mashup. <laughs> and then played a Miley Cyrus mashup. 
and another Miley Cyrus mashup, and another Miley Cyrus mashup, and another Miley Cyrus mashup at peak time for a crowd of over 500 people on the busiest night a week in one of the busiest clubs in San Francisco. Sometimes I feel like I'm trying to get back to that room even when I'm happy. You know? I don't remember the specifics, but I remember the feeling of knowing I was in the right place in the right time. I had the crowd. And though legally I couldn't have driven a car, and in some third world countries I was legally dead, some sort of overlogic knew what songs to play, even if they were troll moves. I had a supportive audience. I'm talking about that set specifically. I'm not talking about the one I did later on at one where I was apparently down to crow magnet and not really speaking English. Because I don't remember that one at all. I barely remember the 11 o'clock set. So I somehow nearly gave 30 of my friends the slip and ended up wandering the street. As a direct result, there are several questions I have about what for other Breaking Bad fans, I will call my fugue state that resulted. Question for these 30 people. How drunk did you guys have to be to lose track of a man whose blood alcohol type had turned into bourbon? Why was an office building open at four in the morning on a Sunday? Why did whatever reason it was open let me fall asleep on the stairs on top of my DJ bag curled up like the goodest boy on Santa's nice list waiting for Christmas? Considering I had my gear underneath me and several hundred dollars in my pocket, how in the seventh circle of hell did I not get robbed? I returned to consciousness a few hours later. There was a two-story target. I went inside and I found an iPad. I jumped on my Twitter because I'm very basic. <laughs> and I said, guess who's not dead? Brunch at 21st Amendment is still on, and since it is now officially my birthday, I ain't paying for shit. I was a couple hours away from becoming the Ron Swanson of hash browns and bacon, a few more hours away from that from returning home, a few hours away from that from actually getting an attractive woman's number at karaoke and punching my liver in the face for the second day in a row. It deserved it, honestly. It did. It happened to be there. It's my birthday, I'll die of alcohol poisoning if I want to. I had unplugged the meanest jukebox in town and started a newer, better playlist. One with more favorable magic that would lift me out and get me to the better path that I'm on now. I didn't have much use for 34, especially at the end. But the beginnings of 35, at least the ones I remember, they were among the happiest of my life. And that's a story from my life. That's a story from my life. The Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our assistant producer is Sydney Crane, our theme music is by Whalehawk, and our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. A very special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Illegal Pete's, Sexy Pizza, 
From the Hip Photo and Renegade Brewing Company. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And join us at one of our live monthly shows, which take place every second Tuesday of the month at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego, California, and every third Wednesday of the month at Bumport Theater in Denver, Colorado. Both shows start at 8 p.m. and are always free to attend. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter, and for past episodes, photos from our live shows, and a list of our upcoming events and themes, please visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening.